On today's episode of Locked On Pirates, myself and Gary will be discussing the signing of Yasmani Grandal during the soap, uh, the Super Bowl, by the way. And we're also going to talk about the other catching options on the roster as part of the 2024 Player Preview Series. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. My name is Ethan Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates for all of your news, analysis, opinions, and reactions to everything going on in the world of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Obviously, to my right is Gary Morgan, as always, every Monday. And I came to the realization, folks, that we're going to be five days a week from right now until probably the end of November. So you're going to be seeing a lot of Gary. You're going to see a lot of me. And you're probably going to see a lot of other people on this show as well. But, Gary, how are you today post-Super Bowl Sunday as baseball is pretty much officially here in a couple days? I'm good, man. I didn't even have one drop of beer. <laughs> uh, I think I more than made up for you on that yeah. on that side of things yesterday being out from 1.30 until about midnight. So it was a very fun time. And um, sorry to everybody uh, with the FanDuel thing. Uh, I did say over 47 and a half, and it hit right at 47. Uh, I also said CMC would score at any time touchdown. Did not expect it to happen the way it did. And then Isaiah Pacheco just didn't have a good game. Meanwhile, <laughs> among the commercials and the in the in the booze and the food and the football and everything that was going on, Ben Sherrington took it upon himself to make a move yesterday in, in kind of his yearly off-season tradition at this point where he makes a move on a big day like Christmas or Thanksgiving or, in this case, the Super Bowl. And it was one that it kind of shocked me at first when I read it, and it was Yasmani Grandal, folks. And I was like, okay, definitely carries name value. That was the first thing I was thinking, but obviously – Woke up this morning and tried to do a little bit more research on it and look into the Yasmani Grandal uh, signing. Also, nickname, probably one of the core nicknames in baseball, the Yasmanian Devil. Like, that's a pretty pretty good one. And um, you're looking at him just from a surface level. Former first-round pick in 2010, 234 average last year, eight home runs, 33 RBIs, career 773 OPS guy, one of the better catchers in baseball for quite a while. Last two seasons, haven't seen it. Gary, what are your thoughts? I mean, uh, it tells me that they had a price tag for Gary Sanchez, who's a clearly better player. I'm going to guess it was probably in the $5 million range that they got their last two catchers for. That tells you their budget for what they like to pay for that backstop who's got some experience, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to guess that's what they offered there. Yasmani Grandal. That his best days are behind him. He's he he's not a starting catcher anymore. If you think he was brought in to eliminate Henry or they were gonna trade Henry now or Henry's not gonna catch it all, this shouldn't really affect that at all. He's an insurance policy um with some experience. He'll probably be good to have around some of the Latin kids. Mm -hmm. Um he's 35 years old, Ethan. You know how this is. This is probably uh, 
you know, stereotyping a little bit, but Cuban players, you, you, you tend to not trust their age all that much. Mm-hmm. He he looks every bit 35, if not yeah. more. Um, he's had a tremendous fall off here the last couple seasons. Um, it doesn't mean he won't contribute anything. I'm just not expecting a whole lot from him. Um, watching him in Chicago as often as I did, I never really saw anything in the last couple of years to indicate he was on the verge of coming back. No. And, and I agree with that sentiment a lot is I think a lot of people kind of panicked when they saw that they signed a catcher because they were like, Whoa, like I thought Henry was going to like have the full reins. And again, when I said that my first reaction was the name carries weight, it's a lot like the Aroldis Chapman thing. I mean, you can obviously say Aroldis Chapman is still very productive and is going to help this team much more than Yasmani Grandal, but he's also not the same Aroldis Chapman that he was five or six years ago. Grandal. All I can thing. say really about this guy in particular, though, I think one year you can hope for a bounce back. Mm-hmm. Two years, like he just had, you're kind of looking more for a resurrection. Yeah. You know, like now you need a miracle. This isn't just like, oh, something was bugging him last year. No, this is this is a trend at this point. And a lot of people are just gonna remember what he did in his one year in Milwaukee hmm. and 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 think of him as that. That's just not what he is anymore. It's just not. No, and I mean you're looking at a guy who the past two years has had a five seven zero OPS and a six four eight OPS. 2021, he had a 940. 2021 was also the last time that he was probably a very plus player. And again, I don't really see much issue with it. I just think that for a lot of people, they like, again, saw this signing and were like panic button mode, like what's going on. But at the end of the day, too, I think one of the things that you said is very valuable is, yeah, he is 35 and he might look 35, but the Pirates aren't also expecting him to start. This isn't like Austin Hedges. This isn't like any of the other catchers they've had. They're not expecting him to start. And on top of that, the room is also a very young room with the catchers. And we'll talk about that throughout the show. I mean, Jason DeLay, I believe, is only 28. Henry Davis is obviously still very young. Ali Sanchez isn't all all that high up there in age either. So maybe he teaches these guys something. I mean, I, I mean, really bring in a know. guy like this. Here's what it is, really. You, you have somebody like Henry. Best case scenario, he's going to catch 80 games. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's half the season, right? You're not going to expect him to carry a full load this year. It's just no. not going to happen. doesn't mean he's not going to play in 130 games or something, but he's only going to catch maybe 80. Well, at the beginning of the year, he ain't going to do seven days a week. No. You know? So you want no. something, I think, a little bit more offensively inclined. Maybe somebody that can handle three or four games a week up front until you start getting a little more comfortable with Henry. And then then you give him four days. Then you give him five days. And you phase out somebody like Grendahl, and he's completely expendable by the deadline. Yeah, and and I think that's a great deal to talk about as well because, I mean, again, it's a one-year deal. This this one, I will say, folks, is one where you can expect on the one-year deal that even if the Pirates are contending, 
I think you could still see this deal be made for a team that might need a catcher later on in the year due to injury or any other circumstance it's possible. But yeah, I agree. I mean, you're not expecting, I don't think anybody is really expecting Henry Davis to just go out there and magically learn how to manage six games a week of catching right off the bat. I, I don't think you that. are, but no. I certainly think any is. I think yeah. lots of people out there think he should come out and, and catch yeah. 157 games in his first no. season. It just isn't going to happen. No, and there's no, and there's no world where I really see that. And also on my show on Friday, I did speak about how I think, especially with Davis on the defensive side, it's going to be kind of a slow burn for him. It's going to take him a minute to start really acclimating himself to this, because as I mentioned on my show, this isn't just his first full campaign at the big league level, but this is also going to be his first full campaign trying to run a pitching staff and catch relatively often because he only did it for two innings last year. So I also think too, that you brought up insurance policy with Grandal. And this is where I think this is a good spot to lead into what we'll talk about uh, for the rest of the show is yeah, it's an insurance policy. And if he's not playing that well, then you have Jason delay there and you have potentially Ali Sanchez there too. So you've created a room that has options. And I think that's fine. I mean, I don't think there's really any big issue with that at all. Personally. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I, I I don't have an issue with it. Two and a half million. I'm just not jump up and down excited about it either. No. I, I think, um, you know, they would have done better if they got Gary Sanchez. I can understand why they wouldn't want to pay $7 million for him, especially for the role I just described. Yeah, you're not you paying know? $7 million for a backup catcher. Yeah, There's... so I, I mean, I, I think, okay, perfectly fine. I'd have preferred they got somebody, you know, maybe tried to make a deal for somebody like um, extra somewhere, you know, Murphy, Joey Bart, somebody along those lines. Um, But I get, I get it too. Whatever. This is fine. It's not going to hurt anything for sure. And it won't. And we're going to talk about the rest of the catching options here, like Jason delay, like Ali Sanchez and others that are going to be a part of this room and what their roles will be now with this signing, what they can do for this roster in 2024 and more. But before we do that, folks, we're going to talk about FanDuel. Yes, I know. You heard me mention earlier, I was wrong all week. I'm sorry that the parlay did not hit for you folks. For everybody that uh, also said uh, Gronk was not going to hit the field goal. Congratulations on that win too. But now... You can get buckets with your first bet at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins, and you can bet on all of your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive prop bets, and more. So just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot, because FanDuel is an official sportsbook partner of the NBA and an official sponsor the Locked On Podcast Network. And also, folks, Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, like myself, and our national shows that cover every league. So find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV and on YouTube. And welcome back. 
of course, to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network post Super Bowl Monday, which I always agree should always be a day off for everybody, but it's not how the world works. Guess what? You got to still get up and do everything you got to do. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, they're still doing some stuff. I mean, catchers and pitchers are reporting in a few days. We're getting closer and closer to spring training. Yasmani Grandal, I'm sure, will be down there in Bradenton at some point. And you obviously have to talk about catchers when you're talking about the player preview series that you guys have had a pretty good time listening to. Me and Gary, of course, last Monday, we're talking about Quinn Priester, Rowanzi Contreras, and Luis Ortiz. Now we're going to talk about the other catching options on this roster and really kind of dive into Henry Davis again, too. Because now with what the Pirates have done, and we kind of highlighted it in the first segment a bit, is they've given Henry Davis now the reins to the catching position, obviously with Andy Rodriguez going down. there's going He's going to be the starting catcher. But as you mentioned, he's not going to do it in the sample size that a lot of people may want to see. Now that's both fine in my opinion, and it's what it's going to be. But now you've also have Grandal, who again, you're not expecting a metric word that I can't say on this podcast from. You have Jason DeLay. You now have Ali Sanchez, who you also acquired earlier this year. So what kind of dynamic do you think this does positively for Henry Davis and not only Henry Davis, but the other guys too? Takes the pressure off of him for one thing. Um, I think learning the catching position was detrimental with Endy's bat. I think it could have the same kind of effect on Henry. And and if he doesn't hit, all of his warts look a whole lot worse. So yep. I, I think they really need to to make sure that his head stays in the game offensively. Um, that's where he's going to make his money one way or another. As far as the catching goes, I think th- the reason they probably felt they had to make a move like this almost more than his ability is his injury history. Mm-hmm. Henry hasn't stayed on the field since they, they got him. And it's kind of amazing he got called up as early as he did, as much time as he missed. So it, it makes sense to back that up with, with more than Jason Delay and Ali Sanchez. I mean, when you really, really get into it, the debate is, should it have been better than Gretel? But it's what they did now, so. Yeah, and I mean, you could look at it as saying the Gary Sanchez price tag, again, like you said, $7 million is just too much for what the Pirates are going to be asking of him. Now, again, Gary Sanchez would have been a phenomenal player, I think, for this team and a guy that also played pretty darn well last year, too. And with Grandal, again, I just think the expectations need to be low. I think that's that really all you can expect. And for Jason DeLay and Ali Sanchez, or one of the three, though, you would like to see one of these three do relatively well. We saw Jason DeLay do it last year. He was a pretty good catcher for all intents and purposes for that good stretch of time to the point where he was Mitch Keller's catcher for a large portion of the year. And mm-hmm. now you put him in the situation where you bring in Grandal. But if you do say, yeah, Grandal's not – playing all that great, well then yeah, let Jason DeLay do it too. But I do think there's an emphasis on the fact that one of these three guys needs to be a quality backup for Henry Davis because then if they're not perform any of them aren't performing well, even in the like short spurts that they play, you talked about pressure on Henry Davis. That 
I think puts more pressure on them because then they're going to want to expect more from them. Yeah, it sure does. I mean, there's no way around pressuring them a little bit, the yeah. prospects. But I guess you could look at Grandal as a safety net. Just mm-hmm. eh, if, if things aren't looking great for Henry and we really want him to just like refocus on the bat a little, let's run him for a little stretch of DH games and let, let Yasmani pick up four or five games in a row here and clear his head. Let him watch him. Mm-hmm. I think something like that. It's valuable. He's at least caught a decent amount of games in the majors, you know? So it's not like he doesn't have some kind of information to pass on. I, I don't think he's ever been a great defender. But then again, maybe Henry never will be either. So yeah. maybe he's got some insight on how to compensate for some things that, you know, you aren't capable of. It should. It, it's, it's an interesting signing. We'll see how it turns out, man. Yeah, and then even above that, too, uh, to kind of end with this uh, catching part of it, because the final segment of today's show, we're going to kind of talk about a little bit of what we expect uh, moving forward in these next couple weeks with what we might learn and all that other stuff. But you have Abraham Gutierrez, too, a guy that, if I remember correctly, Gary, you've told me is probably the best defensive catcher they have in the system. He's arguably probably the closest catcher they have in the system to really coming up and doing anything that's in the minors. Is there a world too, where he potentially becomes an option in 2024 for this catcher position at some point? I think an awful lot would have to go wrong. Um, And I think Carter Benz is probably ahead of him. Mm -hmm. Um, If only because he's going to be a minor league free agent here pretty soon if they don't use him. So I would imagine he would get a shot first. Gutierrez was obviously coveted by Ben Charrington. He tried to get him twice and finally did land him. Yeah. Um, that said, we just saw with Tucapito Marcano how far that loyalty really takes you. So um, we'll see what happens. I think he's a good defender, but the bat has really never done anything that impressed me all that much. And it at least seems right now from the makeup of this roster they're prioritizing offense at the position a little bit more than they had led us to believe. Yeah. Uh, And I mean, yeah, that's one thing too, going against the grain a little bit of what this Grandal signing and what they have is you kind of look at this catcher room now. And like in the past, you've had Austin Hedges last year, you had Jacob Stallings guys who were more defense first. They were more defensive minded. Now you look at the room and I haven't even mentioned ND who I also think is probably going to be more of an offense first player. And you have Henry Davis, who you would like to probably be offense first. And I would say right now you would like to, well, let me rephrase that. You would like to see him be an adequate defender, but you also want him to hit the baseball. Jason delay is also not a terrible offensive option. So yeah, they've kind of changed and ingrained a different mindset into what they're doing at the catcher position now, which I think is fine. I don't think there's any big issue with this at all. I would if like I to had see one question for them, though, like if I got to ask them one question, I had an audience to do it. My my only question would be, you made a huge deal the last two years, three years, actually, if you want to go all the way back to Jacob Stallings, mm-hmm. about how the defensive position behind the plate directly affected how good your pitching staff could be. Have you changed your mind on that? Or what am I missing about the defensive metrics of who you have on the roster right now? Yeah. And uh, it's a great question. I mean, because there was a 
pretty comparable side by side last year when Austin Hedges was here and how well the pitching staff was doing versus when he wasn't. And I mean, some of that obviously goes back to injury and a lot of other circumstances. But when you take it into account, it's something to look at. It's something worthwhile to actually pay attention to. And in the final segment of today's episode, folks, we're going to talk about pitchers and catchers reporting this Wednesday, what we could expect in the next couple of weeks, what we might want to see in spring training and more. But before we do that, we're going to talk about eBay Motors. Millions of parts for your MVP. You can win every time with parts that fit your ride at eBay Motors because passion, drive, and patience are what brings home the winning trophy and is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win so keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply ebay guaranteed fit is only available to u.s customers And welcome to the third and final segment of today's episode of Locked On Pirates, everybody. Thank you, as always, for tuning into the show, as you always do every Monday through Friday. Always thank you to Gary for coming on to the show every Monday. As we do, again, the player preview series will be continuing throughout the week. We'll be talking about Rowdy Telez, Jared Triolo, and Connor Joe, second base at some point. So that's kind of what we'll be doing this week. But also this week, Pitchers and catchers report on Wednesday, Gary, on Valentine's Day. They get to love each other, be together, and throw baseballs to each other. And that's something that we'll get to finally see. And every year that pitchers and catchers report, there's always just a lot of op- there's a lot of stuff going on because you like to see a lot of things. We haven't really seen much baseball in about three or four months. So when you start seeing this happen and you start seeing guys throw and hearing some rumblings of what's going on in Bradenton, you start getting a little antsy. You start getting a little itch there that you're ready to watch some baseball again. So when it comes to pitchers and catchers reporting and then spring training overall, Gary, what are you like most excited to watch for over the next couple of weeks and change? I would say considering there's the whole month of March still. Well, what we get to see the next couple of weeks will be very curated by the team. You know, mm-hmm. there will there'll be things locked down. What's most intriguing? Getting eyes on Rowanzi Contreras again. Um, what what is going on with him? What does he look like? You know, um, just think about the the way that people feel if there's video on Thursday of Rowanzi popping a glove at ninety something Mm -hmm. you know 95 (laughs) and and looking confident on the mound again i mean if you start to feel like rowanzi is less of a black hole and more of an option again i think everything looks a lot better Mm -hmm. things like that how does priester look how does ortiz look those guys that really really could have an impact um i'm interested to see jared jones um Ben Heller, I know, is is just a non-roster invitee, mm-hmm. but 
he's got one of the sweetest pitches in baseball and I, I really want to see him throw it. The, that sweeper is mm-hmm. just destructive. Um, so I'm excited to see that. Uh, Paul Skeens, obviously see what he's worked on. He's already been down there for weeks working yeah. with Henry Davis. So um, who knows what they've got cooked up and how far along he's come. We, we may already find out that we're three months old on telling him he has to find a way to shape his fastball. Right. And, you know, who knows what he looks like right now? We, we could be having a completely different conversation. So I, I'm just saying, when we start seeing the pitchers actually do things, yeah, optimism kind of comes along. And I just yeah. remind everybody, nobody thought Ross Ollendorf was going to do anything or Jeff Karstens or Jeff Locke or, or McDonald, all these nobodies that you'd never heard of. This, you'll see them this spring. You'll get optimistic, no matter what you've been told on paper or what you think. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of it, too, is I think going into spring, especially when it pertains to pitchers and catchers, getting looks on Henry, too, just to like see what he's doing and how he's performing defensively, even even though I know that in spring training, it's not going to be like a full game of him catching. It'll probably be like a couple innings here and there that he actually does it. But it's always fun to get ready and ramped up for spring just because of what you said. I mean, you're starting to get eyes on these guys again. We like I could talk yeah. about them for so long and so much and do a player preview series and do all this other stuff. But until like I physically could see, like you mentioned, Rolante Contreras throwing a baseball again at 95 or 96 or whatever he's doing, then the conversations that we have are starting to change a bit because then it's saying, OK, well, yeah, it's just spring training, but this definitely looks a ton better than it did last year. I think that's something that happens in spring all the time. And that's going to be across this whole team too, I think, Gary. I mean, you have the whole right field thing with Palacios and all of the guys that are there. You have, the like, I mean, you have second base with Peguero, Gonzalez, Bay, and Triolo. You have Telez at first base, but you don't know who's really going to join him over there in a platoon because I think you'd like somebody to join him in a platoon. And then also, I think one of the biggest things for me in spring, man, at the end of the day, and it's something that I think everybody's just excited for, is to watch that six foot seven shortstop walk back out there and at least just do something. I just yeah. something. It, yeah, it, I'm it pretty does, excited it to, about it. Doesn't have to be anything crazy. Just the fact that he's at shortstop with a glove in his hand, ready to go, I think is going to also get a lot of people really fired up for spring training as well. He could probably bunt balls out into the air down there. So, I, I mean, I, I won't take much from watching him hit home runs, but mm-hmm. I I want to see it again. I'm ready. And I think the whole team looks better with him there. It, it lengthens everything out. Um, shows you a little bit more of what their intent was last year with all of their signings and everything they were trying to do and where they thought they were, you know. Um, with Henry Davis, though, you did bring up something about him you know, probably not playing complete games. That's true. One thing I would like to see because blocking balls has been an issue for him, even in the minors, I'd like to see them specifically use him when you have some of the more fringy pitchers going, Mm -hmm. because I want him to be trying to block a bunch of balls. Let's get those guys that like to bounce, you know, 66 foot curve balls in there and see what he does. You know, um, I think that let's test him this spring a lot. 
Yeah, and that's something that I think especially catching-wise, too, for him, and just, like, in general for everybody, is spring is always a time for, like, putting people in situations where you want to see them improve from. And I think a lot of people forget that, like, that they forget that, oh, his spring numbers weren't that great. It's probably because he was being forced to work on things that he needs to improve on. That's what, And you would rather do that when the games don't count. And I think that's something, yeah, I'd like to see that with Davis. I don't need to see him catch Mitch Keller. I don't need to see him catch Martin Perez or Marco Gonzalez, even though I think Marco Gonzalez actually wouldn't be too bad for him to catch with that pitch mix that he offers. And even David Bednar. I'm like, if David Bednar's in there, let Davis go in there and just tell Bednar to just throw like splitters in the dirt the whole time and then just bring the fastball back up. That would be really fun too. But what else is really fun is the fact that Gary will likely be back on this show next week. I will, of course, have four more shows this week. The Pirates Fan Forum will have a show this week. And again, pitchers and catchers report this week. The Super Bowl is behind us. We're in that weird spot where March Madness isn't starting for like another month. Basketball is kind of in it, kind of in a weird spot too. I don't I think the All-Star game is actually this week. So baseball is kind of about to come. Front and center again, Gary. So what do you have planned for the uh, fan forum this week? What's going on over there? I'm going to propose crazy, um, and I mean like bat crap crazy trades on on this episode. And uh, I'm talking like big names going out, big names coming back, um, even swaps, things that people claim they really, really want here. And I'm going to show you what I think it'll take to get it. Nice. Well, that sounds like a lovely show. Obviously, you guys can also check out all of my work with Gary over at Steel City Pirates, where we're always writing stuff. He'll have five thoughts at five later today. But until then, folks, thank you so much for tuning into the Locked on Pirates podcast. My name is Ethan Smith. That is Gary Morgan. You'll see me on the flip side, and you'll see Gary next week.